Today's show is sponsored by Stamps.com. Stop going to the post office and get a four-week free trial plus postage and a digital scale when you go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter my code LASTS. That's Stamps.com and enter the code LASTS. So I just feel like that's really interesting. I just was thinking about that. Like, man, what would that look like if we all actually had our own brain trusts? Um, you know, not necessarily a group, but like a couple people or just one person. Like, does one person even have that capacity in your life? If they don't, like, you're not growing. There's just That's just the truth of the matter. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week. Real life. Which means some episodes might be about... A fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things, and maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. What's up, guys? I'm Jeff. I'm Melissa. And welcome back to the Real Life Podcast. We have a special episode for you today, guys. I'm so stoked. This is the real life because it is nighttime. It's like 7 p.m. Kids are down. We basically, guys, we got We do our <laughs> podcast in the fringe hours, just in case you guys were wondering when we do them. Um, we're going to jump I'm right in. in. Uh, my glasses and Jeff needs to shave. Hey, does that, so hey, hey YouTube. I don't think my facial hair looks that bad. It doesn't look bad, but I we look a little rugged. Yeah, so if you're watching like this, parents. Yeah, fair. This is what I call dad, dad face, dad bod. Um, <laughs> we're going to jump right into it, guys. But before we jump right into it, big announcement. So if you're listening, Ooh, depends, depends on the day you're listening to this, but... Um, our five-day free marriage and family challenge, guys, mm. you, that closes February 14th. So you need to get in on that. You need to get in. I think you're, if you're listening to us on launch day of the podcast, that's like, I think, February 12th. So you only have a couple more days. So you can go to fivedaymarriagechallenge.com with the number five, not the word five, fivedaymarriagechallenge.com, or just anywhere on our socials, you'll see it. And guys, it's pretty practical. It's literally just five days, completely free. We wanted to create a fun, cool experience with you guys and give you guys value because we love you guys. So it's five days where we thought of five different challenges that get sent straight to your inbox every day. And then the challenge comes with kind of like teaching and devotional and kind of like a thing to do on mission and vision and roles and dating and rhythms. And it's, it's going to be really fun. With so, your spouse. I think last year we had over or 10 your significant other. Yeah, yeah. Any relationship status, family, mm-hmm. you can do it as a family if you're, you know, if with kids or without kids or dating or relate, engaged, et cetera. Um, it's awesome. We can't wait. For, we did, I think we had like nine or 10,000 people in it last year. We're hoping for more. We'd love for you to go through the challenge. Um, it starts kind of uh, the day after Valentine's Day, so you need to get in before then. Um, so, yeah, get in there. Pause this right now. Go to fivedaymarriagechallenge.com. You just put in your email and then boom, you're set up and everything will get sent to you for the five days in a row and then come back and listen to this. Okay, you ready? Pause. <laughs> wait what what just happened I was, I was saying like they need to pause and go do it okay um but no no okay so that's but this time we interviewed people yeah so yeah. It's, yes it's, it's a blast it's a blast we interviewed membership. different people and it, it's it's a blast so it was really cool okay um so get in there get in there let us know if you get so in there So this is february 12th happy valentine's week that's right it's coming it's coming happy valentine's day that's right happy valentine's day that's right okay so if you are listening to this, I just spoke at If Gathering, which has been like a bucket list item of my life. It's like four or five. Uh, it's like four or five thousand um, women in. Well, that sounds weird. It's like a bucket list item. I said four or five thousand. I meant like I was just trying to explain it. 
<laughs> it's a really cool gathering of women, of a lot of our friends that me and Alyssa are friends with, Jenny Allen, Annie Downs, some other people, um, a lot of people you guys know, but we love them. We followed them from the inception. Alyssa went to one of their kind of like pre-launch dinner hangout retreat things like five years ago or whatever now. Um, and I just spoke there. So first of all, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, if you were there, if you heard, and uh, we're recording this before I speak. And so let me know if I sucked or not. Well, that'll be fun. Um, and because they, they only get, they give me a 10 minute window, which, whoo, baby, you got to pack talk it about in. That. You got to pack that in. Jeff to have, so this is what I told him. I said, babe. They're doing more like Ted, Ted talk style talk. So awesome. you kind of have to do shorter, succinct. But you know, Jeff has so much to share. So I said, because it's 10 minutes, that doesn't mean you talk extra fast. And I and said, I can't agree to that. Yeah, he said, well, people can rewind it, people can pause it, they can live stream, whatever. <laughs> um, I need to get it in. I got uh, lots of points. I mean, 10 minutes for Jeff, that's like. That's fast. fast. That is a challenge. Honestly, I'm not saying that I need like 45, but 15, I would have been very. Jenny, I would have, I would appreciate it, 15. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, okay. So here, no, it's the best, guys. And so I'm going to expand on because because I already kind of have my talk started to get written out. And it's a lot more cinematic's the wrong word but when it's 10 minutes it has to be a lot more like scripted planned etc and kind of points and emotional flags per se so um so i wanted to kind of do more of a background version of that a more podcast episode on that and so what i start with if you were there is the brain trust meeting of pixar so there's only one there's only one movie studio in the whole world that has ever even come close to some of these stats and it's it's and the stats are uh I think 15, I'm not looking at my notes right now, but I think it's like 15 or 16 Academy Awards, which is like the highest level of award you can get if you're a film this or a film studio. Well, I, mean, I know I kind of say that at the end though, when I say oh, that. Okay, okay. if. Um, I gave, I already put my cards on the table, but it, <laughs> if I say all these things and then I kind of say, guess who it is. Um, uh, 15 or 16 Academy Awards and they've only been around for like 20 years, which is crazy. Uh, 14 straight number one box office movies. Not like That's crazy. number one, like number one, 14 movies in a row. Um, and then their movies average $600 million uh, per movie. Average. So $600 million movie puts you in like one of the biggest movies selling of all time. Do they only and they, come out with one a year? Less than that. I think it's maybe like once a week, two years or maybe once a year. Okay. I don't know. But they average basically a number that's like obscene. And that's their average. So, that's that's, so they have ones that have obviously more done than a more Disney. Than, well, they're part of Disney now, but yeah. Oh, okay. So, so Disney's included. So like Frozen no, would be in there? No, I'm only talking about Pixar. But but Pixar's own owned by Disney. So it's kind of like the same. And Frozen like, is... Like do those awards... Is no, Disney that's all Pixar. In that? It's no. all Pixar. The ones I just said more are all Disney. Pixar. Yes. That's crazy. And so... Uh, I mean, they, they, they've, they've, reached, they've literally reached a level of perfection and success that just no one's even come close to. Like mm -hmm. that, you don't... You don't They've almost made it formulaic, where it's just like um, they make a movie and it's successful. There's no flops. There's no bombs. Cars 2 is considered the only one they've ever come out with that is considered like a bomb. And it wasn't even a bomb financially. It was just critically. It was kind of like a little too much, um, but still made a lot of money. Sweet so Cars is Pixar? Yes. It's not Disney? I'm so confused. Disney owns Pixar. Disney owns Pixar. So Pixar is its own movie studio, just like Disney owns okay. Marvel. But Marvel's its own movie studio. Okay, got it. Disney got owns it. Lucasfilms, but Lucasfilms is its own movie studio that like does Star Wars. Okay. Does that make sense? Kind of. Like it's still its own <laughs> brand and its own studio, but technically all the way up the chain, the boss is Bob Iger, which is the CEO. But so of did Disney. Disney do cars or Pixar? Well it's oh my. <laughs> the studio that made it was Pixar. <laughs> Thank but you. Disney owns them. Disney so owns then them. can you give me an example of a Disney movie versus Yeah, Frozen. A okay uh 
Frozen, uh, Zootopia, uh, Big Hero Six. Those were which were all those phenomenal. Are all Disney? Yeah, which are all the Disney animation. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we tracking? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, people. It's just um, mom brain is. Which real. I'll get to. Actually, that's a relevant point. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Because there's actually okay, something so related. Okay. 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 Or yeah. old Disney animation would be all the classics. Aladdin, well, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, but then they started bombing like in the early old, 2000s. Right. See, and I still think of that like Pixar no. to me is like the newer um, ones. You know, Toy Story and whatever other ones. And then Disney to me is all the like Toy princessy Sto- ones like Tangled. No, so and- it's just they're both just animation studios. It's just Disney start bombing in the early 2000s and going in the can mm-hmm. and going in like the toilet and their movies start getting bad. Their, 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 their string of run was like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Like Little Mermaid, Lion mm-hmm. King, Aladdin, Beauty right. and the Beast, etc. Which Pixar wasn't even and there made, yet, right? It was around. Toy Story, I think it was 1997 or 1998. Okay, right. Guys, I know too much about this. Um, uh, my, that's like two of my favorite companies and books is Disney, Warren, Pixar. But what I was going to say is, so people, they've reached a level of success, of success that's absurd. That's the point I'm trying to make that took us 10 minutes to get there. <laughs> they have reached a level of success that is just crazy. Like it's, you don't, it's, it's such a creative high octane um, trajectory or vocation or career filmmaking, especially at that level. And yet even in creativity, they've reached it where just everyone is good and Mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. So it's shown that it's not just like magic and it's not just on a whim and it's not. So a lot of people have studied them. Like how do they actually do it? Sociologists, psychologists, authors, thought leaders, even other businesses. And one of the things that comes up over and over and over and over again with their success is what it's called the Pixar Brain Trust. Now, Ed Catmull and John Lasseter and some of the early kind of president, CEOs, chief storyteller type people on the early end, I think this is actually Toy Story was the first brain trust, which was the first movie they made. Well, technically the first main feature film. Um, That's when it started. And they put into this practice, which is essentially this meeting of like, it's kind of like a secret brotherhood or like a secret society of like mentorship and critique and feedback where they invite, basically what it is now is it's like quarterly. The brain trust is like quarterly. And what happens is like the highest level directors and storytellers. So the creative people, it's really interesting too. the CEO will sit in on it, but it's not like all executives. It's like the directors, the storytellers, Mm -hmm. the head people, they sit in a room and then one person is kind of like on the hot seat. So it's like whoever's movie, Whoever's the director of that movie that's in production is on the hot seat. And so he shows the movie to them. Mm -hmm. And basically everyone then once, you know, shows them a 10 minute clip of whatever they've worked on the last month or whatever. And then basically those other people just like kind of rip into it, like, and just like give them critique and give them feedback and give them this. But it, but they've created a system where the brain trust is actually this really, really insane. Like it is the thing that actually makes the movies good. Like Ed Catmull even says like the whole point of the brain trust is to make movies like he says, we actually just believe inherently that every movie when it starts sucks. That's what he says. Like we don't believe we make good movies. We believe they become good movies in the brain trust. Mm. And that's already an interesting thing of like, oh, because, right. you know, they're not super sensitive and they're not like, oh, we make amazing movies. It's like, no, the movies always suck in the beginning. They always are terrible. And then the brain trust happens and there's and there's three rules in the brain trust and it's trust, empathy, and candor. So you have to be, f- there's full trust that whenever someone's saying something, you can trust them, they're, they're for you, they're for your good. Empathy, you know, kind and gracious still with your feedback, but then candor, you have to be able to be honest and say what you think. And Is it the same brain trust every time? For the most part, yeah. It's a lot okay. of like the high level storytellers and creatives. And again, I'll get to that in a second, but that's what's really interesting. And so... Um, 
And so they basically studied this, and this is the thing that makes them really successful. Those movies consistently come out of the brain trust over years as the good movies. And that's why they're so tight and the plots are better and they're more emotional because of the brain trust. And I was just, the more I've read on it and the more I've read books about Pixar, I've just wondered the man, like why it's basically, it's honestly just Proverbs. And that's why I talked about it. If gathering, it's just, it's just literally like he, the instruction, Mm -hmm. listen to wisdom. Like wisdom is calling for you. Don't forsake her. Like your life will go in ruins. If you don't listen to the teaching of your father, like all these different things, right? That's what Proverbs basically talks about. And I just realized like, the brain trust is literally just that. Like, and I got, I got, I got kind of frustrated when I was, the more I read about Pixar, cause I was like, why does Pixar do such a better job of mentorship and like mm. growth than like the church? Yeah. Right. Like why yeah. do they do so much better of a job of like human growth and human creative capacity than we are? Like we're scared of like kind of that. Like what, mm-hmm. what, would, like what would it look like to have someone in your life? Like, do you have a brain trust? You should, right. You should have just a literally a group of people that can just, fire away on your life whenever they want, you know, like, Oh, that is, that's not okay. Or that's bad. Like where you're inherently coming to the table saying like, not that, you know, I suck and we need to get it to not sucking, but like, (laughs) but that like, you're kind of inherently coming to the table. Like I need to grow. Like that's inherently the the premise we're starting with. Having a teachable spirit. I have not reached perfection and I need people older than me and wiser Mm -hmm. than me. And that's something I think one of the people, the other directors in the room said is one of the main rules of brain trust is it has to be people smarter than you. And they have to kind of have their your good in mind. What's a couple rules about the brain trust, which are really interesting, is most so like every movie studio has notes, is what they call it. I mean, like after a day of shooting or a couple months of shooting, then you know the CEO gets to look at it and he gets to write notes of like, oh, that stinks or that's good or blah blah. blah. So every movie does feedback. Mm-hmm. Every movie studio does feedback, but the brain trust is unique because it's not executives. It's it's like peers. Mm. right it's peers like it's it's all the creative people so what's cool about that i realized is oh, I all it. those people are invest like it's other directors in the room who know what it's like to sit in the director's chair mm. so that already is like so much different well, than just the yeah it's already it's already so much farther than because all the other movie studios do it where it's just basically the boss the boss says no that stinks right or no change that mm-hmm. and it's very much it's more in that uh um like Ed Catmull, who's the actual boss of Pixar, says, yeah, most other movie studios give you um, basically, what's the word I'm looking for? Like assignments to follow. Like you, you basically the CEO says, no, that stinks. And then you have to leave the room and go change it. Mm-hmm. So when this is much interesting is like there's a lot more freedom in the brain trust where it's peers, it's directors and chief storytellers who hold story and who really get it. And they're empathetic and they understand what it's like to be in the director's hot seat. But then two, there's an actual rule in the brain trust where you don't have to listen to any of it. Mm-hmm. So it's very much like you are, you have to take it all, but you're in control then to go home and you don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's not like the boss saying you need to change that or you're fired. Mm-hmm. So I think those couple rules are really interesting. And that's actually what makes theirs different than all the other movie studios is it's a lot more like true mentorship and true instruction and true kind of like but feedback wait, and saying- critique. You're saying that we should have mentors that are older and wiser than us, but in the brain trust, it's like people that are in the same. Are well, they- no, they're older and wiser because it's like okay. it's like basically like older directors, like retired, not retired, not- but it's like people that are like have, have done been- it before. People okay. have done it before, okay, got it. but it's peers in the sense of like they're directors. Okay, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's more like it's peers in the sense of like they get what it's like to be a director, mm-hmm. but it's also people who have been at it. Yeah, longer. or have maybe directed two movies, and this is your first one, or that right, type of thing. Right. So. Okay. Got it. Got it. Hey guys, Alyssa here, and I want to take a quick break to tell you about one of this week's sponsors. Sometimes I'll be on Instagram and see all these cute outfits on people that look super put together, and it always seem like a lot of work. 
That's when I found Just Fab and was so excited because they basically do it for you. Just Fab brings you everything that's new and trending in shoes, clothing, and accessories, and on your budget. Even if you don't know where to start, Just Fab makes the entire shopping process fun and exciting with their very own style quiz. There's no wrong answers, just great style recommendations personalized just for you. You can shop as a guest or become a Just Fab VIP. And take it from me, becoming a VIP is by far the best way to shop. VIPs save up to 30% off on retail prices and gain access to tons of other exclusive perks. I signed up as a VIP and found that I loved everything and there were so many options. I love that Just Fab offers a flexible membership so each month you can choose to shop or skip. It's super easy. You just shop when you want to. And I also really liked the quiz because I felt like they really got to know me and so that when they gave me the results, it really helped me to understand what my style was. So now is the time to sign up as a VIP because right now you'll get your first style for 75% off. That's as low as $10. This is an exclusive deal for podcast listeners. So make sure you go to justfab.com slash real life. That's justfab.com slash real life to get your first style for as low as $10. You can't beat that. Justfab.com slash real life. So I just feel like that's really interesting. I just was thinking about that. Like, man, what would that look like if we all actually had our own brain trusts? Mm. You know, not necessarily a group, but like a couple people or just one person. Like, does one person even have that capacity in your life? If they don't, like, you're not growing. There's just That's just the truth of the matter. If you don't have someone that's able to like kind of that you fully trust and that's fully empathetic and that can be fully have full candor in your life, those three rules of the brain trust, then like you're you're man, we're going to grow a lot slower that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Initial thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's really good. I think, um, so I think what we're talking about here is mentorship. And I think that can be kind of a, um, I don't know, a sensitive topic for our generation. Sensitive because at least in the culture, the Christian culture, if you have been around that for a while, you know, we teach a lot about mentorship and yeah. you need it. You need mentors in your life. And so I think a lot of us really long for mentors, but we don't know how to find mentors or if we found a mentor, we don't know how to pursue the mentor or a lot of us or some of us have been rejected by older mm-hmm. people. And so we, um, we don't, you know, that feels really hard. Like, oh, nobody wants to mentor me. And then I think um, the older generation, I don't, I don't say older generation, but people that are older than mm-hmm. you, however old you are, um, they, you know, it can be kind of a tricky subject because they're like, well, I don't want to just say like, hey, can I mentor you? Mm-hmm. Like, because what if they don't want me to mentor them? Yeah. And and so it kind of is like, um, it's a thing in our Christian culture where we all know that we need it and we want it. And it talks about Titus 2, talks about how, the older women are to mentor the younger women and teach them how to be, you know, faithful women, faithful moms, faithful wives. Um, and so the older women know that this is a calling for them too, but it's like, how do we go about it? And so yeah. I think what you're talking about, um, the Pixar thing is so cool. And I love that it's like, you can really enter that world and understand it with a business mind. And I think men are better at mentoring in a way because it is it can be more I don't want to say that that could be real generalization but I think sometimes men can be more successful with mentoring because it can be more business like where women it's like there's more natural I think ends for men to sometimes 
kind of just slip into like work mentorship. Yeah, I think you, or you can just treat it more like a business relationship or you, you know, where women, it's Mm -hmm. much more like, you know, like come into my life and be my mentor forever. And so I think this is a great topic to talk about. And so I think, um, I love what you're saying. And I think it is so important to have older people in your life, even if they're like, three years older than you, five years older than you, 10 years older, you 20 years older that have a lot of experience. And I think the thing is, you know, if they are walking with Jesus, if they love him, everybody has a story to tell. And so everybody has something to pour into somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of the older, if you're older, you can think, oh, I have nothing to give or why would they ask me or they're doing so much better than I did at their age. So what yeah. What do I have to say? But it's like, no, you have a story to tell. You have so much to pour into people. And even sometimes mentoring, like, yes, we can always gain advice and wisdom and um, guidance, but yeah. also a lot of it, I think, is just encouragement. Like, hey, you're going the right path. You yeah. are a great dad. You are a great mom. You... Um, you know, you're being brave in this season, oh, like just yeah. having that really deep, um, f- that encouragement yeah. is something that every person needs and that we all long for. So I think that's just encouragement if you're, um, the mentor, yeah, because Men- I've heard that yeah. before, like, oh, I have nothing to give yep. or, and it's like, no, you all, you have a story yeah. and there's so much to learn. You want another cool story? Do you want it? Oh, do you, well, want, do you want this story or do you want to get into the nitty gritty? Oh, no, you want another cool one? Okay. This fits perfect. So here's what's sweet. And you ain't ready. You ain't ready. Okay. So one of Pixar's really cool rituals for when it, no matter, no matter who it is, small or big, when they hire someone new, we're talking executive or we're talking like janitor or barista because they have like a cafe or someone who, you know, does the midnight cleaning shift, whatever. Anyone that Pixar hires as an employee, they go through this like onboarding ritual. And one of the rituals is on, uh, you know, uh, like orientation basically where they wait till there's like 10 of them or whatever. And then they have a day where they go all throughout Pixar and do certain things. And what they start with, the very first thing with Pixar or the very end of the day, I think on the first day, they go into their screening room, like basically their movie theater where they show the movies and they specifically tell them to sit in um, uh, row five. Now that's important because normally during the work week, row five <clears throat> is reserved for the directors, mm-hmm. which the directors are the like 10 or 15 people that are the highest powerful creative storytellers, you know, non like CEO, COO, but they're like, there's only been, you know, however many Pixar films there's been 20, there's only been 20 directors. So they're very high level. Like that's the peak. Right. And so to sit and so then so then they tell the janitor, the barista, the new employee, the new animator to go sit in row five and then they watch the movie. And at the end, they basically say, like, you sat in the director's chair because like we need you like you are, too. Like everyone, basically everyone here is a director. Everyone here. We need you. And we can't do it without Mm -hmm. you. And I just was thinking that's exactly that thing of like it's, you know. They probably actually could do Pixar could probably do what Pixar does without a cafeteria worker. But I love that like that high level of belonging that they mm-hmm. give everyone of like, yeah. no, you matter and we need you. And I think mentors have mm-hmm. to do that. Yes. Of like, no, you like we need yes. you for this next generation. Like we need you. Like we believe in you and you are a director and you, this world does need you. And we can't do the next generation can't flourish without you. So, mm, yeah. so good. You can keep going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, so I just think, um, so what we're saying basically is mentorship, the Lord knows that we need it. Yeah. We need the older, wiser generation. 
and the older, wiser generation, it's a calling to pour into the younger. Mm-hmm. And so then let's talk about then how do we go about it? Because um, I think that's probably what a lot of people are thinking. If they don't have a mentor or maybe they used to, but they don't anymore, or they have, you know, kids in their house and they're trying to figure out how do I talk to them about mentoring. Let's talk about that. Because I think that's what a lot of people want um, wisdom on. <laughs> you just got to get a brain trust. A brain trust. Here's what I'll but say. But I guys. think there are things that we are learning totally. in order to get your brain trust. There are certain... Because it is a lot like dating. Totally. And so it can be well, awkward. You can fear rejection. Yeah. I'll okay. say a couple things and then you can say a couple things. I think... Okay. Um, well, I think the brain trust is, works as such a good metaphor because it's it's it holds true. And what I mean by that is like... The meta, like the the systems that it's in in Pixar, is kind of real life too, right? Like, notice it's it's two things. One, the brain trust is in context of your already normal day. Mm. Like those people work at Pixar; they're not randomly going to some random place that's disconnected <laughs> from what they do every day. Mm-hmm. Like that's their job. Like they're basically the brain trust is in all like relationships they're already in. It's already in the context of their life. It's already who they know. It's already it's their everyday life already. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like going to conference room A is any different than their work during the rest of the week. Yeah. Right. So it's like it's just like a normal day in some sense. So you kind of have to I think that of like who's around you already who's near you but then the second side of that then is it doesn't just happen by accident it has to be deeply deeply planned and scheduled so it's not also like it just happens by accident in your daily life because there you work with them or you know them but there has to be a pursuit there has to be a structure there has to be a um kind of a reaching out of and it doesn't happen overnight it takes a lot of time um and yeah and i know you're and i like your dating analogy if you want to talk about that and guys real quick uh this is another reason why you need to get in the five-day challenge because we're we shouldn't we're kind of want every all five days to be surprised, but day five, the last day is on mentorship. So we're yeah, gonna we have a whole day on, and we this. teach about this. We interview our mentors. Mm-hmm. We have a big surprise that day. So you need to get in five day marriage challenge Five is the number, not spelled out. Um, but you need to get in because we we have a lot of resources we're gonna give out on that day five. But yeah, d- why it's dating and not marriage? I like that, or what? How it's like that? Okay, <laughs> well we talk about this in the five day challenge. So. This can be like a little precursor. But um, I think this is so good because I don't know if I've talked about this before. Um, a lot of my girlfriends here, we've talked a lot about mentoring and we're like, there's just this like need for it and it, what's happening. I feel like there's a gap and it, it's not happening with young moms, yeah. but it's happening with like, you know, the young marrieds or the 20 year olds or the college age. But what about us? And, um, and we were talking about, it with our mentors when they came out and visited in October and it was so good what they said and I it just clicked for me I was like mm-hmm. oh that is doable and that makes sense and he was just saying it is a lot like dating and um you know to find somebody and not to say and I think this is sometimes where we get it it can get tricky is I feel like growing up in the church it was like go find a mentor so you go and you find someone you're like hey can you mentor me yeah but really that question it's like and I've been asked that question before it just feels like this huge weight of yeah, you like, like hey marry me and it's like yeah, i just met like, you. you i've just met you i don't know if we're gonna get along that's like only christian college people do that <laughs> <laughs> marry on the first date yeah right <laughs> so asking the mentor is like going to a christian college it's um, like no chill you just had coffee once you can <laughs> <laughs> we should be talking about that next um but it's like i don't know if we're gonna get along i don't know if i can commit to that i don't know if i have that in me da, da, da. and so it can feel very weighty and it's like ah i don't want to like mm-hmm. say no, but then 
you know, you need a mentor. And so I think just thinking of it as finding someone that you look up to, maybe it's in life in general, an older woman, I'm going to talk to the woman, but an older woman that you are like, they just really love Jesus. I just, um, want to, I feel like they have a lot of wisdom. I'd love to, Mm. I feel connected to them. Or maybe it's uh, a mom and you're like, I just love how they raise their kids. All their kids love Jesus. I want to get to know her on that level. Or, um, or it could be like, Hey, they know how to paint furniture and I want to learn how to do that. And so just asking them for one meeting, like, Hey, can I, and it's not just like, Hey, can I, um, come over, but Hey, can I take you out to lunch? Can I take you out to coffee? Can I come over and I'll bring my favorite snack and can for an hour and can I ask you questions and to come prepared with questions that you want to ask them or, hey, can you teach me how to sew? Can you teach me how to whatever, juice, whatever those things yeah. are. And um, so it's like a one time thing and to come prepare with your questions and to connect on that. And I think you can gain a lot of wisdom from that. And maybe it will just be that one time thing. But then maybe it's you have a connection and you want to get to know them more or you have more questions. So then you ask them again, hey, can I take you out to lunch again? I loved our meeting. Can we can I pay for your lunch? And I have a few more questions that I want to ask and just be really respectful of their time, respectful that they're, you know, and I think what our mentors said, like if somebody is coming to you to ask that, most people are going to say, yeah, of course, no matter how busy they are, because that's an honor. It's an honor to like be pursued that you are wanting that they are wanting wisdom in you on yeah. some subject. Yeah. And I think, you know, if a relationship comes out of that and so it's a weekly thing, it's a monthly thing, it's a once a semester thing of just meeting with that person, then eventually they end up mentoring you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just a one time thing and you gained a lot of wisdom from that and then you can pursue someone else um, in a different area. But I think that when he was talking about that, it just brought so much freedom. And I was like, that makes so much sense because um, then it's, it kind of allows for the relationship to naturally grow. And I, yeah. I want to say, you know, relationships, they naturally come to be, they are organic. You yeah. have a connection, but it takes um, active pursuit. Yeah to pursue them. It doesn't just naturally happen. And so, you know, asking them out to lunch, asking them out to coffee and then seeing where it goes. And I feel like that just brings freedom for both people. Cause then you're not, if somebody says, yeah, I'll mentor you. And then half, you know, three meetings in, you're like, well, you know, sometimes they can be like, well, I think I'm done. But then that gets awkward too. And so I think just having that, Hey, can I, yeah, there doesn't need to be like for a year, for five years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, Jeff here. I want to take a quick break to tell you about one of this week's sponsors. Postage rates, as you know, have actually gone up again. And thankfully, Stamps.com can ease the pain with big discounts off post office retail rates. With Stamps.com, you can save five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail, which is amazing. And that's one of the main reasons I love what I love about them. Um, They automatically calculate and print the exact amount of postage you need for every letter or package you send, and you'll never overpay or underpay again. It's convenient, it's easy, and they bring all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips uh, where you need it. And they make it easy. They'll even send you a free digital scale that automatically calculates the postage and will even help you decide the best class of mail based on your needs. Anything you can do at the post office, you can now do from your desk for less with Stamps.com. Um, and we absolutely love them. I use stamps.com basically because we've shipped out books and posters and shirts and merch for like five years now. And they have been by far the easiest, most convenient 
and cost-efficient way to do that. So we want to hook you guys up. So uh, you get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. And you can actually see why over 700,000 small businesses use stamps.com. And so to get that, all you need to do is go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in lasts. Again, that's stamps.com and the code is L-A-S-T-S, lasts. Couple things in all. Go into that because there's a lot more that we can. No, I think that's perfect. I think that's the core of it, guys. And I'll just say something, and I want to end with a cool exercise. I think you guys can do that. Me and Alyssa are actually in the middle of right now with some friends of ours. And so, um, what I would say is, give them. If you're the mentee, meaning if you want someone to mentor you, give them value. Don't suck value from them. Right. Like most often. Which to me was really convicting. I was like, oh. Yeah, I need to be like honoring them and giving back. Honoring, giving back. Because I never knew how to do that. Yeah, like because here's the thing, guys. Most often, if you want them to mentor you, they're probably like successful or they're probably helpful to other people. Like like you obviously want to glean from them because they've done something right. That's mm-hmm. pure statistics probably that like then they're, you're probably not the only one or that there's other people and other things that are having their time, that they're good at prioritizing, that other people want their time, whatever. So because of that, then you kind of have to like two things. You have to interject, like you have to get in there and you have to be like aggressive for lack of a better term, <laughs> I think. And then two, but you have to give them value, like enter into their rhythms, their cadence, their life. Don't like steal them out of that because they probably don't have time for that. And what I mean by that is like, like just go serve them. Like if you, if you want, like, here's a really easy example of a friend that I know. um, And I mentioned this on day five of the five day challenge. Uh, You know, he, he basically, there was this guy really wealthy, really successful, and he really wanted to kind of help him out. Um, or I mean, wanted like him to be wanted to be mentored by him, but it's kind of like anyone would have, right? Especially with his status and his his power and money and financial status. But what he did is he was very strategic. He just basically went up to him one day and said, "Do you need help with anything? Like, is there any papers you need filing? Is there any sweeping you need done at the office? Is there any what like anything? Do you need baseball cards alphabetized from when you were a kid that are in the attic? Like anything." <laughs> And he said, yes. Like he said, yes, I have some stuff for you to do. Like, I'm sure you want to work for free or whatever. Yeah, let's do it. So he started doing that. And then two things happened. One, he realized just which this is mostly, I'm guessing this is true of actually guys and girls. Like sometimes mentoring happens while you're doing something. I think a lot of people get intimidated with just thoughts. Like, let's just Mm -hmm. sit and drink coffee and stare at each other and Mm -hmm. talk about deep things. That's intimidating too. It's like, no, no, we want to do it through shared activity. So Mm -hmm. let's do something, right? Let's work or let's hike or let's bike or let's whatever. Um, And so one of those ways is like they worked. He offered to work for him for free, you know, mow his lawn or do this or stack papers. And so all of a sudden he's with him now. And then all of a sudden, while they're working, conversations are happening. Like it wasn't for, like he never said, mentor me. He never did. But all of a sudden now he's asking and, you know, stuff's coming out about his marriage and he's getting advice here and how to be a man. And it just happens because he was in proximity with them where he forced himself in there and gave himself value. And then what happened is then now it's organically grown and grown and grown and grown where they never said, you know, like, and so now he actually is his full-time like executive assistant that gets paid like probably, I don't know, you know, 80 or hundred grand a year as like a salary basically for the, for a job for this guy. And basically runs his life. Now, what's crazy is imagine if, you know, two years ago he went to him and instead of saying, hey, is there any papers I can stack? Said, hey, can I be your executive assistant and get paid, you know, 80 grand a year? Like, "Uh, no, (laughs) right? It's kind of like that marriage thing again. So it's like, no, you just got to kind of sneak in there and you have to be aggressive. You have to offer value and you have to kind of enter into their cadence of life. I think a lot of times people that are doing really well, they get so many people that want stuff from them. And they don't want to get people that want to give to them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're kind of trading. You're serving them with like other stuff so that you can actually receive the blessing of yeah. the wisdom. And then 
what was it? What was the other thing I was going to say? Um, well, I think that's important. And then, yeah. And then like you, you have to realize mentee that you're also in charge of the pursuit. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes yeah. we think that the older person should be, but I actually think it just never works well that way. Mm. I think like you got to, the, the, again, like you have to be in charge. If they say yes, or if they want to, then you have to be in charge of like the, okay, hey, can we meet up again? Or, hey, can we talk? Or, hey, can I come over? Um, and so you got to do that. And I've even done that with some other people that have even asked to meet with me sometimes where, you know, and they wanted to ask questions. And I just, having learned that through my mentor and stuff, I just basically text him and said, I'm all in, like I'm game, but like, I'm, and I, I wasn't trying to be extra blunt, but I just texted him and said like, I will never text you and tell you to meet for coffee. I will never uh, initiate. And I will, and it always has to be from six to 8 AM because I don't want to take away any family time. And so it has to, but I will get up as early as you want and I will meet with you. Um, and I just said, that's the rules. And then it's just like, boom, and then it worked. You kind of just have to like lay the ground rules, right? Like, like I won't, you got to do it. And anytime you ask to meet between six and 8 a.m., I'm there. That's the rules that I could do. Um, but I'm not going to initiate. I'm not going to text. I'm not going to do it. Like it's, you got to do it. Um, and I'm all, and I'm all in when you do. Um, and so I think there's just all those different vibes there or levels there of like kind of, that's kind of, it just works that way, you know? Mm -hmm. And same thing with even Jeremy, you know, my, my mentor, it's like, I just, I have, I call him and he, he has this link, this Calendly thing where I can like schedule calls with him. And so if I need something, I just schedule a call and boom, we talk or, you know, a Skype or FaceTime or we, or we see him or we, you know, grab a drink or something like that. So I think that that's really important. But, um, is there anything you'd add before one last little thing? No, I think it's just so good. And I think what we're talking about, I think a lot of times in the Christian culture, like for me in particular, it was, it was taught like, Hey, find a mentor, meet with them once a week, study a book of the Bible or do a Bible study together, yeah. which is great. Really good, but it's really good. But go into their real life, like sit at their dinner yeah, table, eat I think a meal with them. I've learned yeah. the most from, that's been really good, but I feel like I've learned the most when I go over to their house and I babysit their kids or, and you're doing the Bible study um, stuff then anyways, like they're yeah. you're talking about the scriptures and talking about what's hard yeah. And, yeah. or whatever, cleaning their house or helping them run errands. And you have those conversations in the car. Um, you know, and now it looks a lot different because I'm a mom. And so maybe I'll meet with someone once, twice a year or once a quarter mm -hmm. or hop on a call if I need something. Um, and I'm still trying to figure that out in this season I'm in. But um, yeah, I think those everyday things, that's when we learn so much. And then you can have those questions like, or, hey, I'm feeling like this. Can you help me find truth here? Or, and then that's when they share scripture or they send you a text throughout the week giving, I'm praying for you. And here's my prayer. Like those, that's kind of like real life. And that's, I think, you know, someone walking with you and really helping you through life's things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a lot of what Proverbs teaches. Of course, we're, we want the word of God and we're in the word of God um, and they can help us understand it and they can bring it to our mind and teach on it, but it can be much more organic. Like, Hey, come mm -hmm. over while I'm cooking dinner with my family and let's just talk about your heart and how you're doing. Or, um, you know, like, and I'm going to share the scripture with you when I was going through that or whatever. I think yeah. it's, that's kind of more, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that brings freedom and that's more like, I Oh, I can do that. Life. I can enter yeah, into that it's more normal life. and more normal life. And so, and then also people get to know, you get to see how, if you want to learn to be a good mom, you can see how they mother their kids yeah. or like how they put them down at night, exactly. how they deal with you, discipline. You pick up so much just, to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you pick up so much when you're in their home or in their car or whatever that looks like. Totally, totally. So guys, we hope this was encouraging. It was a little over the place, but I still think it gave a yeah. lot of food for thought. And I think that was the hope. <laughs> right. And that was what I think a lot of people have asked us about. So let, I want to end with this exercise. It's actually an exercise that a friend of ours just gave to us that we are in the middle of asking five other people for. And I think it's really helpful. This is kind of mentorship, but also kind of like, 
You can also ask this to friends. And this is really more, again, about the brain trust thing of like taking your growth very seriously Mm -hmm. and inherently starting with the premise that you are you have not arrived so there must be work to do there must be work to do um and if we're free in christ guys like what are we scared of like he's our identity Mm. in the eschatological realism you know episode from a few weeks ago is like you were already fully there and fully realized in christ so then we're free then to do the actual growth here on earth because it's not our identity it's not who we are and we're not scared to fail Mm -hmm. um and i think that actually accelerates our growth but can i add a little thing to that yeah i think um when I was in college and right after, and I was really doing weekly mentor things, I was always the person that was scared to pursue. Yeah. And I would wait to the last five minutes to really share what was going on in my heart. I just was scared that they would actually know me and know the darkness that I had or the things that I was really fearing or the questions I was really stirred up within me. And so I think what you're saying there, I think to just rest in that you are loved that we have not arrived to have a teachable spirit and just ask a lot of questions and to be honest. And I think any mentor isn't going to be shocked or bring shame or totally. like, oh my gosh, they really you love think you. that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're going to be just welcome you with open arms and feel so honored that you would share those things with them. Because yeah. that's what they're there for. Like we are made to live in community. Totally. Satan and the enemy wants us to be isolated and to struggle with things on our own, in the darkness, at night when no one else is around. And so to bring those things to light and ask a lot of questions. And I feel like for any mentor, we get it. We've been there. We've had those thoughts. We know somebody who's done that. Like nothing is really new under the sun. And so we just want to come alongside and like, help grow totally and well like, it's funny you know what i mean i think f- that can be a real lie in yeah. the mentoring relationship totally and a funny thing there is me and jeremy have even talked about that even with different relationships he mentors way more than me because i'm young but even in some small capacities where i've had we actually wish people went there faster it's like come mm-hmm. on like don't waste our time right like, yeah this is why you want to meet because of the like y- you have a porn addiction or you your marriage is hard or you know you have something really dark in your heart that you've never shared with anyone or just you're really really hurt right now or, or you're really really burnt out or you're really like yeah just just boom that should that's what the meeting should start with like i know that sounds weird but like me and jeremy talk about that like like it's it he says he actually gets annoyed when like it's kind of like people want to meet with them and then you know it's like a 60 minute meeting and on minute 59 then they <laughs> drop that and he's like right. no he's like you know we don't need to small talk like this is intentional time where i want to mm. serve you mm-hmm. i want to serve you and so I, you can you can lay it all out there and so i think that's just another thing of like man just you can you can do that i think that's what it's for and if you have that relationship then i think take advantage of it yeah. so this exercise we want to end on is we want to challenge you to do it we want to challenge you to do this and it's a really powerful exercise and a strong exercise um but you have to kind of be ready for honesty and you but again if all these relationships you have are in love then it's really beautiful and i think the lord works so it's nine questions that's all it is and you basically ask five people close to you these nine, the same nine questions, and then you can, you know, get them in writing or storm or whatever, and then just take like a month to process them. Cause I think if you really give your friends or your mentors or your parents or your spouse freedom to speak real answers with these, um, and again, knowing that you're just free to grow, then it can do really beautiful things. So the nine questions are, and I don't know if we'll write these somewhere or whatever. So if you just might want to pause or rewind if you, if you want them, but, um, it says this, the first question is, why do you think I will make a good leader. So I think it kind of assumes that you will be a good leader. The Lord has leadership for you or that is taking you a place. So ask five people, why do you think I would make a good leader? Second question, what do you see as my greatest challenge in becoming a good leader? Three, how could I get in my own way? I love that question, which is like, basically, if I basically trip my own self up, what would that look like to you? What do you think? What would you gamble on that that would be? 
Um, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate my integrity and kind of mm. why? Um, do you trust me? Do you really, really trust me? Why? Tell about a time that I have actually hurt you or you've been frustrated or disappointed with me and explain it. When have you seen me at my best? Explain that and why. When have you seen me at my worst and what that was like? And then last one is, if you could wave a magic wand, what would you want to see happen in my life right now that is not currently happening? Mm-hmm. Um, super solid nine questions, guys. But honestly, those are the type of questions that are the brain trust questions. It's super intentional. Like we're not here to mess around. We want to grow. Jesus has more for us. He wants to take us farther and deeper and into more holiness, which also means more joy, more flourishing, and more life. An intentional, rhythmic, scheduled pursuit, aggressive mentorship relationships and questions like this can take you there. And I think a lot of times we abdicate that, don't go there, and don't actually, and we leave a lot on the table of how much better and more grown we can actually become in the Lord. So got any final thoughts? I was just preparing my heart to ask those questions. <laughs> I know, like we're in the middle of that right now too. So, I'm like, is, so, it, is it wise for a postpartum woman to ask those questions? <laughs> <laughs> so for context, I'm asking like two mentors, basically older men in my life, a friend, um, and then Alyssa, and mm-hmm. I think some other, and another person. So <clears throat> it can kind of be various relationships. But all right, guys, we're excited to hear about what you think. Let us know on Instagram, yeah. social media, what you thought of this episode, mm-hmm. if it was encouraging, if you're going to do the challenge, um, the five-day challenge, but if you're also going to do these questions. Um, and we love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.